what? You're on. Your your mic is on, dude. But it's just that one. All right, I'm back here, seventeenth with uh, I forgot the other bands, but. They're cool, right? Yeah, they're all good. Just be there. Back cave is cool. Yeah. From, from eight to close, yeah, the knockout. Just be there. Yeah, just be the knockout. Sixteen, seventeen this month. We also got a show uh, developing out there, Toots Tavern in uh, Crockett, for all you people who are in the that area of California, which I don't even know where it is really, but it's cool. On the way to Joshua Tree. On the way to is it south? Crockett? No. no, it's east. East. East is good enough for me. And we're going to go uh, play Crockett with Two's Tavern with Swerve and Pleasure Parade out there. So I'm having us uh, just getting us that band up and running. We have some new ELI news, but not today. So anybody likes Eyes Like Ice, uh, you, we're, we're, you know, um, we are... Um, we are loud, we are proud, we are free. And so we'll see, uh, right now we, we, we're, we're working on the album. And uh, so everybody, towards spring, it's gonna happen. I'm, I'm believing it's gonna happen. We don't know how it's gonna work out, but it's gonna be groovy. And uh, what else we got, Albert? You got a, there's an event on the 11th, uh, Alter de Fay, over at the Knockout once again. Yeah. We're promoting the Knockout like nobody's business. One of, the one of the only places around anymore. They're taking care of the underground, kid. They just basically routed us like fucking the rats that we are. God damn it. Hey, Albert, what do you think about the closing of all the clubs uh, in, in California? What can we do about it? Well, what can you do other, other than uh, make some street street, street, uh, street things, you know? Maybe some street... You know, gorilla. Gorilla shows. <laughs> gorilla, whatever. You know what? No, no. When you say gorilla, you know what I'm saying? Gorilla means yeah, with the U-E, not the O-R. Yeah. Hey, you know, I was thinking about what's the biggest primate? You know, as I, a little bit, I was thinking, is gorillas or is apes bigger than them? Which one's bigger, apes, apes or gorillas? Apes. Apes is supposed to be, like, big, bigger. No, but I don't know. But you ever see a gorilla when they're pissed off? Like, they could, like, kick out. Like, if a gorilla wanted to kick... They're pretty big, actually. I, I think I, without oh, talking, uh, without tranquilizer guns, I don't really think that like a man could take on a gorilla in any way, shape, or form. I think he could take out five humans. They would just tear their heads off. Agree. No, 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 no. That's that's Ronaldo. Oh, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Albert. You want to pick out another song, or can you can you scroll up here? Scroll up and see if I got any more songs on my list. You do definitely. We we worked on it this morning. I worked on it hard. I worked on it so hard. I wanted it so hard. You know when people say that, they're like so hard. Like, like Donovan says stuff like that. No, 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 go scroll up again. Scroll up. Oh, God. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. I'm trying. It's, it doesn't work. Gently. Gently. It didn't work. Here we go. Oh, God. Not again. Albert, put, put on a song, please. No, you got one more song in you. No, no, we played this already. Albert, play another song. All right, we're going to do this. Uh, we don't mean to be, like, just, like, stalling, but we, I guess these guys want to go. I could do another half hour, you people, because I love just being on the air and, and coming up with stuff. Is that what we're doing now? Yeah, like, like pick, up, pick up three more songs for her. Tessa Beal. Can you play Tessa Beal by Einstein and Neubauten? Einstein and Neubauten. I'm glad you get in there. Albert says if you're going to make him do it, then, you know, you're going to have to do it. Hey, I, don't, I can't even hear him on the air. I think I Here's the deal, Joy Bound. We're going to play one of the coolest songs, Going Out of Christian Death, which is like a really cool segue, I gotta say. Hit it, hit it, Martin, hit it. There you go. Stand his toes. Stand his toes. Stay in the storm. 
some crazy shit we play some nice stuff we're gonna hand it over to the next people you know like sometimes it's really great to do OT other times people are kind of just not down with it so I'm gonna play a little bit of the best of trip hop and down tempo music and it's important to catch a, catch a chill and then change its nature by multiplicity of operations isn't this cool immediately it's like just so much more chill like Neubauten brought it up to that cheesy point of like just like no return hey can you shut that down there right there with, with the uh, um, no 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 put me back up the, uh, the machine over here sign out of it so save it you learn to save it okay hey I'm gonna let you guys go with the trip hop dig on it it's got, got a great mix coming for you and we'll be back next week with I think maybe fuzz attack we'll see what happens love you guys Roxy Roller signing out for now
Testing, testing. Terry is here from Fake Your Own Death, and this is uh, DJ Aisha from Sounds from the Street. How's it going, Terry? Really good. Am I talking in the middle of mics or this one? Or that uh, one? Let's, let's test. Test, test, Hello, test. hello. Yep, perfect. I found it. I'm great. Just drove out through the hailstorm. <laughs> you survived to tell the tale. I did, so far. <laughs> awesome. So tell me uh, what you've been up to musically. Um, right now, we are in pre-production. We're trying to do a new record that'll come out around March or April. Mm-hmm. So we started recording a little bit, but uh, we're really just writing and kind of you know pre-production, meaning like we recorded ourselves and kind of listened back and see if the arrangements are good and this and that. Um, so that started in about halfway through November, and then December is kind of like a just a screwed up month for everybody to get together, and so we're getting back into it heavy like next week. Next week. Is that when the real new year begins? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll have some shows coming up in uh, February and March. Mm-hmm, we're kind mm-hmm. of like working them out right now. Hoping That's... to do a noise pop show. Oh yeah, that'd well. be awesome. There's a couple good ones in February. I saw. I was like, wow, it's like venues that I've been to, but it's like back to back. So I'm like, wow, I'm gonna be going to the Indie, the Bottom of the Hill. It's, you know, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, it's always cool. <laughs> They tend to um, surprise me each year. Like, you know, you always think like, oh, this is, that's just going to be the last year. It's not going to be cool next year. And then mm-hmm, they end up mm-hmm. putting together some good shows. Yeah. What's been your favorite venue to play in San Francisco? Well, I'm a little old school. And so I definitely am still a Bomber Hill person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love playing there. I love the staff. I love the feel of the place, the sound. But, you know, we'll, we'll play Rickshaw Stop. Um, we uh, used to play... Um, the hemlock a lot. Oh, I miss that like, place. You know, just, I have like some of my best times there. That's a real bummer to see that go. Yeah, it was such a great spot. You know, if you want to go to the bar, if you want to see a show, just walk yeah. a couple steps. <laughs> and it was so visceral and small. Like mm-hmm, the shows, mm-hmm. we had this crazy show that we didn't realize was right in the middle of SantaCon was going on. So they oh, go down God. Polk Street. Yeah. So we go on stage and our crowds there, and it's like maybe. 40, 50 people mm-hmm. wasn't that big. And then all of a sudden the place just fills up with hundreds of Santas mm-hmm. and it was just packed. People couldn't move. And we were like, just pressed up against the back wall on the stage with just drunk, obnoxious Santa Clauses who, you know, for all intents and purposes, I have no, uh, sympathy or oh, yeah. for, but they, uh, they just made the show crazy. So we were like surfing literally on the, on the hands of like guys dressed up like Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> I can picture it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, didn't they? So I think this year they canceled it, but then they somehow brought it back and it was based at Union Square. So it was kind of like it was still happening. I really know nothing about it. Yeah. Just like this was just, you know, we were on stage and they, they came in. It could have been, they could have been dressed up like, you know, rabbis, <laughs> whatever it was, it was just, it happened. Yeah. So question for you. Do you, it sounds like you celebrate Hanukkah. Do you also celebrate Christmas? I do. Um, we don't really, we don't really do either one properly or, yeah. or religiously for right. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I do got, uh, kids and they, uh, like, uh, Christmas. I mean, like taking Christmas away from American children seems to be a, a form of torture. Yeah. And I have a lot of Jewish friends who would, you know, slap me in the face for saying that. But mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, the whole Hanukkah thing is, is ritual and cool, but it's not like the, the magic thing of like the big fat guy coming to your house and leaving all these presents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we do them both. 
That's amazing. Yeah, I got to celebrate both once, but then I was like, I want to do it every year. And my mom was just like, it's all about Christmas. That's all I care about. So it wasn't really up to me. But then I'm slowly, slowly bringing it back with the menorah and the chocolates and the dreidel and all that stuff. That's cool. I, I, don't, I mean, if it was up to me, we'd probably do nothing. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you know, that whole just show dog yeah. and pony show yeah. thing. It just it makes me insane. Yeah. But at least we don't shop anymore, right? Nobody goes to the malls anymore. No, they don't. I I do because I kind of live in that neighborhood, unfortunately. So I'm like, well, you know, nobody's going to be out, so I'm going to go out. That kind of thing. Yeah. But um, no, you're totally right. Retail is just dead, completely dead. Um, yeah, that's for, sad. For better or for worse. How are you feeling about Amazon these days? <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's a love hate thing. I, I I don't really know what to think about the overall takeover of the world, but I've seen it take over bookstores and record stores in a way that is, Mm -hmm. um, it's just a super loss, you know, like I just walking out 24th street on the way here and 24th street still has like, you know, you got, uh, two versions of the same bookstore and mm-hmm. then um, like three or four record stores and it's so cool and that is old 90s San Francisco to me yep. the rest of this town is the, it, it's you used to see these places just get hollowed out and gone yeah I used to just spend time in record stores just thumbing through and of course that's coming back now with vinyl, right mm-hmm. but just thumbing through stuff and actually like discovering things that I had never even heard of just by looking at the album cover and like looking at recommendations from the staff and that kind of stuff I don't think people do that. You know, I, I, I actually teach eighth grade, so I have like 13, 14-year-old kids in my class. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they know what an album is. Oh, gosh, you need to bring one in. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they don't know the concept of having like a, a, a theme, you know, running through a piece of music from start to finish. It's just like singles and singles, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. compilations. Right. That's, That's a bummer. It's a loss. Yes, but definitely if you're able to one day like bring in an album and if it's somehow educationally based or appropriate, then you can All right, I'll do it. widen their perspective. It's going to happen. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. I mean, I went to school in the 90s. I was, was I in eighth grade in the 90s? I was. Um, that's how old I am. But uh, yeah, and even back then, you know, records, you kind of didn't talk about it unless your friends or your parents were, were doing it sort of thing. But I'm glad that it's you know, it's coming back. Um, yeah. Well, just like as a, as an artist, you know, you used to think about the concept of an album and like, you know, what's going to be the first song, what's going to, I mean, if you were actually doing vinyl, you would think, well, what's going to be the, the first song on the B side, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but just like to lead you through a, a movement of music. Um, I don't feel like people are doing that anymore. I mean, I, I know some, I mean, the OCs are doing that, you know, mm-hmm. people are doing it, but it's, it's small. It's a, it's a very niche thing and it's, you know, it may not be in San Francisco. It may be on the other side of the world, somewhere in Europe, like Norway. And you would only know about them through the wonders of social Black media. Metal. That yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go to Norway. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good connection there. But I think, do you think with technology, it's kind of like a, a double edged sword where it's like, oh, it has some good things. Like you're, you're branching out and you're getting the word out there. But then on the other side, it's less personal and it's less you know about yeah. your I mean I I used to feel like you know uh, everybody was complaining about technology is like the old man complaining about the baseballs on his lawn and just like you know doesn't want to see progress yeah but I, I don't anymore actually mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. especially with social media I mean we've all seen that to just be crap like, oh yeah that has done nothing good for the world it hasn't um 
Horse shit, I hear from the cow. Yeah. So, you know. To each their own. <laughs> I try. I don't know. I, I mean, like, even in my classroom, I, I try to keep technology out as much as possible. It's, it's not the way that it's going now. Everybody's going the other direction. But, you know, there's these things called books. Right. And thumb through the pages. And mm-hmm. You get spaghetti on them, and then you go back and you the story of the spaghetti on this page. <laughs> you destroy them. Or, like, in the good old days at the library. I think libraries are still around. The card. Well, nobody's getting paid there right now, though. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Even, yeah, on, on school campuses, too, right? I, don't, I think schools are run by the states for the most part, but it, it's like all the, you know, the, the public libraries. I actually I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> that it's it's crazy, but apparently the shutdown is like the longer that it's happening, it's really just going to affect all of us. Eventually, it's kind of scary. It's making this little mini man so just frightfully alone and all by himself. And it's it's it would be hilarious if it wasn't so tragic. Yeah, that's he, true. Uh, you know, he came out and said that he's willing to like dig his feet in for years on this. You know. Like, it's just ridiculous. It really is. I agree. Um, but it's exciting to see, you know, people in Congress, like, having a different attitude. Yeah. And hopefully um, they're going to do some of the things that they said they were going to do to get elected. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I loved how, um, uh, wait, what's her, Cortez? Ocasio-Cortez? Yeah. How they tried to smear her with this video where she's dancing. And it's like everybody loves it, and it's awesome. <laughs> I love it too. You know, the only tragic thing is the the dudes in the video are just lame, but the but she's right? awesome. Yeah, I was like, girl, were you in flash dance? Because yeah. what's going on there? <laughs> uh, who wouldn't want someone who could dance in Congress? Right, yeah. right. It's it's positive energy. It's it's not you know on its way out. Uh, some of those people might not be around very long. <laughs> In terms of their lifespan, literally. that's the hope. Um, So that's, yeah, gives us hope. But anyways, back to the music. Um, So you're planning a couple shows here in the Bay Area. Where can people find out more about you guys online? Um, We, you know, we're on everything, all the social media stuff or whatever. But also, (laughs) uh, we have a Bandcamp page, which is is the one that I actually control that has, like, you know, update stuff. Um, like I said, uh, you know, December was sort of this month where everybody shuts down. And so um, I think we're going to get organized and figure out those shows by the end of, you know, either next week or the week after. Mm-hmm. Within the next two weeks, we'll have shows up there in San Francisco. And we're going to go down to L.A., nice. probably Portland. We're talking about doing um, a festival out in Iowa City called the Mission Creek oh, Festival. Oh, wow. Yeah. Never been actually, there. It started here. Right? There was a Mission Creek Festival here. Oh. And the guy who ran it, or at least one of the guys who ran it, moved to Iowa City and it's like much bigger there. It's turned into this huge thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we did it once before. It was really fun. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So where is it now? Iowa? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm not, you know, I had no reason to ever be there other than this festival. But, but when I went there, it was like cool. It's like a really, um, it's a big writer's college there. And so everyone there is really literary and it's like there's all these uh, readings going on at the same time. So you can be in a building and somebody's reading from their, their new novel and then right mm-hmm. next door is like full on punk rock. Oh, nice. And w- what's the college called? Oh, shit. Oh, Iowa State. I feel the Iowa State. <laughs> well, now I have a reason to check it out if I'm ever in the area. <laughs> and how did you make that connection to go out there? Uh, like I said, we played the Mission Creek Festival, and uh, I have a good friend, Andre Perry, who oh, okay. runs it out there. So, mm-hmm. um, he plays in a band called the Lonely Hearts, who uh, we've played with a bunch of times, too. Like, we're, we're close. 
Very cool. And who would you say are your biggest influences musically or not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it, it moves around like, you know, the, the story of fake your own death is, um, a lot of different evolutions. Cause it actually came out of my band Elephone that we did like in the early aughts, I guess it was like 2003 or something, two thousand five, mm-hmm. maybe I can't mm-hmm. remember. And, um, but basically, um, you know, my listening range, uh, was really, uh, tied to Sonic Youth. I really, um, growing up with Sonic Youth and just watching them evolve and, and listening to all the other iterations of the side projects and all of that, even their label, um, they were a big influence on me. We also, you know, of course we have a lot of, if you listen to us, you'll hear like Echo and the Bunnymen and Jesus mm-hmm. and Mary Chain mm-hmm. and, um, more brooding sort of like cure stuff and like that like like definitely like a mixture of sort of late 80s early 90s stuff have you heard of a cure cover band called just like heaven no but that sounds like a cure cover band they were really good they played at the fireside lounge in alameda i guess i'm going to alameda more often these days but um yeah they were super good i was like are you sure this isn't the real cure because he i remember the lead singer he kind of got into character trying to look like robert smith and he walked by and i was like this is gonna be insane (laughs) it's a real living doing that you know like being a like actually going into character and being cover band Mm -hmm. um you go to Mm -hmm. vegas and all that it's nothing I would ever do, but no. I, I do appreciate the art form, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And have you seen some of those bands live? The Cure? And I never you know, I never see. saw The Cure. Um, when By the time I was old enough to go see them, they were just so overblown stadiums, and that, that just wasn't my thing. I was yeah. like, I like the small little dirty clubs. Yeah. But um, I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Even now I would if they were coming around and, and somebody gave me a backstage pass where I didn't have to watch <laughs> them from the sea of heads. If I could watch oh, them from the gosh. side of the stage, I would. Yeah, because I think they play. They played a couple nights at the sh- at Shoreline, right, yeah. in the Hollywood Bowl. And People I who went said so they're all gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I missed out. It was like all my friends went, and I was the only one that didn't go because I was in LA doing something down there. And I was like, oh, they'll be back. I think 2019 they're going to be playing a couple festivals this yeah, year. Yeah, I read that too. That's cool. So that'll be dope. And um, are you writing new music as well? Um, are you going to be releasing new material this year? Yeah, I mean, we um, so we put out an EP in 2018 around May. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a string of EPs. We've done um, three EPs in a row. And we sort of got to this point where we we're like, you know what, let's make a record again. Like, let's make a full, you know, full length album. Mm-hmm. And after playing a whole bunch of summer shows and whatnot, um, we started writing it. And the, our process is pretty slow because we like to, like I said, we like to record it first and then, and then pick it apart and then re-record it and pick it apart. Um, you know, play it out live a little bit and pick it apart. Mm-hmm. So I would say we're about six songs in to what will be a, you know, like a 10 song LP. So we're still writing. So we're still writing pre-production and actually recording too. We started recording one song, um, called doing crimes, crimes, <laughs> which is actually, a, uh, interesting because when I, I live in Pacifica now mm-hmm. and I rented a small little shack. And when I first moved there, I was right on the real close to the beach it was all overgrown with weeds and everything and um we had to like get all the stuff out and my wife 
hired this like young guy to come and cut it all down for like 200 bucks. Oh wow. And she paid him up front, you know, that's something you never do. And he just took off and he was just gone and he never came back. And so, you know, I tried, I got, I'm like, I just moved to this little tiny nowhere town and yeah. already I got ripped off. So I tried to, um, find this guy. I'm calling him, I'm emailing him, mm-hmm. not getting mm-hmm. back. So if I finally get like all nasty about it, I'm like, I'm going to post things online. You know, don't hire this guy, this and that. Finally, some guy gets back to me and he says, Hey, this kid's name is Elliot. He's like, you know, Elliot, uh, is in rehab. Like he has a major uh, meth problem and his parents committed him and like this and that. And I was like, Ugh. and then I felt like crap because yeah. I smeared this guy. Bro. Right. So I wrote a song about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good story. Not going to lie. Uh, should we listen to one of the oldies, but goodies? Sure. Uh, how about bombs don't show up? Yeah. That's a great one. Okay. Let's see what we get.
the lessons that we have to teach our children. <laughs> How's that going? It's really good. I uh, I, was, I haven't heard that song in a long time. I was just thinking about it. It's it's uh, it's got to be five years old. Maybe oh really? More. Oh okay. Um, I don't know. Like an early iteration of the band. Really. I don't know. It like brings me back to like a better time. It does. <laughs> or it's, like it's very sort of like has that dance punk sort of mm-hmm. 90s feel that was going around for yep. a while. But um, that drummer, actually, the drummer in there like that is so good at that particular beat yeah. is the drummer from Every Move Picture. Oh, so he, I remember uh, that. Dan Francisco. Uh-huh. And like, as far as I'm concerned, he invented that beat. Like, like he's, he's got that just playing like a, a drum machine. <laughs> He's a human drum machine. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> and um, how did the new formation of the band come together? Well, um, I think it was three years ago now that um, I spent some time in Berlin. Mm-hmm. And I went out there for, um, I was actually studying the fall of communism <laughs> on nice. the, the dime of the American government, which is another story. Uh-huh. But the... Uh, I wrote a bunch of songs out there and I came back and I just didn't want to do them in the same sort of way that Figure on Death was was working songs and this I wanted it to sound looser, I wanted it to sound kinda more garagey maybe. And so um I met up with um Scott Eberhardt, who's my drummer right now, mm-hmm. and he and I started playing and we started playing with different um bass players, a couple of different guitar players, um and um uh, we finally settled on um Izzy Chavarine and uh, Jimmy Chen and you know Izzy was from The Frail and Jimmy's from um, 100 Days mm-hmm. both of them just total seasoned players and um, it, we just started playing shows immediately like we, we, we recorded those songs and we put them out actually under a different name called El Terrible which is like my nickname <laughs> and because we thought it was going to be a different band but we soon realized that it's really the same band just a different lineup and different style mm-hmm. so we brought it back into the fake your own death umbrella mm-hmm. and how do you how would you describe the music in terms of how it's evolved compared to what we just heard i just think it's a little bit more um i don't know what they're, i mean it's we're definitely still in that sort of moody sort of realm mm-hmm. but um all of the the synthesizer sounds and all that have kind of taken the back seat to just more guitar like just more rock um, we're definitely, um, you know, live. We're, we're, we've always been really dynamic and really loose, and not necessarily like sound like a, a machine. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always, you know, I never wanted to like play with click tracks or anything like that. You know, even though I love a lot of those bands, it's just like our stuff is just a lot more. Um, it has like a, a kind of a grungy feel to it. Like I said, mm-hmm. like I, I listen. Did I say this already? Oh, the, no. I, I mm-hmm. basically was like raised on Sonic Youth, yes. and so like I. Uh, I just felt like, you know, I wanted to go back to that feel. That, that, yes. That's how I first started off. That's how even Elephone first started off, my, my band that was going on a long time ago. Um, and so I just wanted to go back to that feel. Yes, and I hope that music does in general. I mean, it's great that we have all this technology now, but can I point out this board is from 1982? Yeah. It's like <laughs> got like just a game of Pong on the top of it there. Right? <laughs> it's had better days, but hey. Um, yeah, those things are built to last forever. Yeah, and I think it was like found on Craigslist or at a garage sale or something like over 10 years ago. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we inherited it. That's wonderful. 
But, um, you know, we've got an up-to-date mixer. We have, you know, computerized stuff going on. But I think it's interesting how, you know, bands like the Foo Fighters, like, they were kind of, you know, becoming bigger and bigger. But then they decided to start recording their albums in the garage using analog. Do you feel like that started a new trend? Yeah, well, you know... John Vanderslice and Tiny Telephone kind of uh, been doing that forever. Mm. And that's been a huge influence over the whole San Francisco music scene as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And even when they're running things through ones and zeros, it's mm-hmm. all going back onto these analog tape machines right. in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, I think that's a sound. You know, like I did a whole record with um, doing that. Like, where, you know, the first Figure on Death record was actually done in a, in a big studio, but it was all through... Um, all on tape machines and then, you know, into Pro Tools and back on the tape machines. Mm-hmm. And it makes it sound different. I know that they can, they, you know, everyone tells me that, you know, Pro Tools has gotten to the point now where it can kind of mm. uh, do that sound without actually doing it. And maybe that's true. But it's sort of like, uh, you know, listening to something on a on a record player versus a CD. Like it's, yeah. I, I hear something different. Do you? And also, to, you know, if you have limitations in the studio, you, you record differently. Like, you allow there to be more space and you don't necessarily try to throw the whole kitchen sink at it. Mm-hmm. And that was something that was really cool. You know, when I was growing up, like you know, we used to do recordings on four tracks and like make the most of it. And, you know, recently our, our last EP we did, we recorded, um, in a, in a rehearsal studio with just like two mics on the drums and just use really good compressors and stuff. But the whole thing was just, um, real lo-fi and, and that gave it a, a feel that I think is really kind of, urgent sounding it sounds sounds really like um like there's the space the, the space is collapsed between like the listener and the and the, and the music itself mm-hmm. yeah that sounds awesome and in terms of this new material that you're recording is that more not in the rehearsal studio but like in the pleasure of your own home <laughs> yeah i mean convenience. we haven't totally decided i'm i'm actually working with a couple of different producers right now and um the uh, yeah, one of them is our uh, our studio mate, you know, our rehearsal studio mate. That uh, he's got the whole setup in there. So we said we are mm-hmm. doing stuff in there. We're also doing stuff out in um, East Bay, mm-hmm. and so um, we're gonna figure that out. But I don't think we're gonna go for a, a hi-fi sound for sure. We're gonna keep it kind of organic sounding. This might be a weird question, and you can take it however you want to take it. Are there still bands? in San Francisco, like based in San Francisco, or is it pretty much like outsourcing now? So I, I, my New Year's resolution was to not talk shit about other people anymore, <laughs> but the, uh, or, you know, here we go, or, you know, fan, or San, we like, go. I, I've become really like kind of bitter, but the, uh, the reality is, um, I meet, I, I know bands that live in San Francisco. I mean, like, uh, my drummer lives in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just people that are scrappy. They figured out ways. Like you know, you were telling me you still live here. Yes. And people have figured out ways to just keep, hold on to their apartments. Yes. And you know, Secret Studios off Cesar Chavez is still rocking in there, and it's always full. So there's bands here for sure. Good. But there's also a lot of bands that are popping up from um, this whole the whole Silicon Valley takeover. And you see them because you'll go to bottom of the hill and they have a full lighting rig with lasers and like all this stuff. And you're like, wow, you're like a, this little baby band is just opening up for us. <laughs> what are you doing? And it's like they've invested, you know, $20,000 in this whole system. What? And obviously they have, you know, somebody in the band has a big salary. Oh. 
and this is how they that was that was their starting point you know they started with technology and then went to the music interesting i uh i never had that approach like i still don't even write songs on the computer like you know every, most bands these days just record you know tracks mm-hmm. on the computer and, the, mm-hmm. and then overlap them and then they come up with a, with a song that way wow i still do it with the band the live band and we, we write that way and then so we don't bring it to the technology until it's pretty refined mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting i didn't i guess i haven't experienced that because i'm mostly going to see you know bands like you or you know some of the bigger stadium shows or at the Warfield. but i get what you're saying i mean sometimes the the opening acts they have the synthesizer and they have the whole you know theater performance and you're like wait i'm here to see the damned what's going on i tell you i love the damned in my original bio i wrote down that that was a huge influence and like everyone's like how old are you the damned were so good (laughs) they're still really good um i went i saw him when i was a teenager and then i i think when i moved to the bay area i'm not from here originally i saw him again and then it was like a period of eight to ten years went by and i was like they're still around i'm going to see them yeah (laughs) Um, i had older friends we all worked at this golf course and we used to just kind of hang out there all day and not work and a lot of older friends who uh, mm-hmm. used to go into L- and I, this was in LA mm-hmm. used to go into Hollywood and um, the Damned was like one of the biggest bands they would always talk about. So I was always super like turned on by the Clash and the Damned and yes. all these British bands that were coming over. Mm-hmm. The good times. Who else did you see? <laughs> Ever in my life. The Sex Pistols. No, I never saw. I, I, oh. Like like the oldest thing I saw is Who's Could Do. Oh, I was I super young, but I, I got to go down to, um, I think it was the Roxy actually, oh, nice. um, with some friends mm-hmm. and it was either like an 18 over show or something, whatever it was, I snuck in, I had some kind of fake ID and I Me was able too. to, um, <laughs> to see them and mm-hmm. it blew me away. And the, the awesome thing about it is just two years ago at noise pop figure on death opened for Bob mold, um, at bottom of the hill. Oh yeah, he's coming, right? Bob Mould. He's coming again. But mm-hmm. last time we played, we we, we opened for him, and um, cool. and they actually, and it wasn't Bob Mould; it was Sugar. Remember that band Sugar that they did for a while? Mm-mm. After Who's Could Do, he did a, he had a project called Sugar, which is just like two albums, I think, and they they played as Sugar, and they played the whole record, um, like their you know essential record, and it was amazing. It was just as amazing when I saw as when I saw Who's Could Do. That's amazing. Are there any good shows coming up that we should know about? Yours, um, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, when we book them. Um, TBD. You, you know, I've been kind of out of it, but I, I know that we were trying. We, we so last year, maybe it was two years ago, mm-hmm. we played with Gang of Four when we oh, came through. They're so great. The yeah. new lineup. And even though like, it's just the guitar player, right? And it's kind of weird to see like a very young guy like singing the song. Like it's it's not you know. But he, he sounds just like them, and it's uh, they're still great. They're and that, still, that's like in yeah. a couple of weeks. We, yes. Yeah. Beginning of February. It's funny because I was lucky enough to see, I think maybe one of the last tours they did with the original lineup mm-hmm. when I was in, I think I was in high school. No, I was in college. And then when I moved here, you know, there was another period of five to ten years, and then they, like, came back. Came back. And then I was like, oh, i got to interview them, and I got to go on the tour bus and talk to him, talk to Andy. And then the guys were like brushing their teeth. They were just like super chill, like laid yeah. back. He still is, you know, yeah. we were hanging out. We played at uh, the new parish in Oakland. He was like, where do I get something to eat? And I'm like, oh, let's go walk down the street. <laughs> you know. I know where to go. <laughs> 
That's amazing. I mean, that's it's kind of rare, but it still exists. Like people will just, you know. Well, also, like you know, he's you know, in a sense, I guess they're cashing in on their celebrity from twenty years ago. But yeah. the the fact that he's still doing it mm-hmm. and you know, still just like um, really working class about it, and yeah. just like like when I saw Peter Murphy, it's like the same thing. It was like. Peter Murphy's not traveling with an entourage and play, like he's playing these small little places. Like mm-hmm, he's, mm-hmm. Did he do the chapel thing? Did that ever happen? I don't know. I don't think that happened. It happened because he got immigration issues. But he had played uh, yeah. in Oakland before that, and it was just cool just to see this guy who's probably sixty at this point, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. just you know banging it out like he was just a, a, a band playing in clubs. What happened at that venue though? Didn't he get arrested? Oh yeah, that that's in <laughs> Europe somewhere. Hey, do the class of the sound guy. Something <laughs> moronic. I don't know. Something something happened there. Um, I did want to see Echo and the Bunnymen. I saw them a couple of years ago, and it was great at the Regency. Yeah. But then I didn't make it to the show at the Masonic. It was like on a Monday or something. I don't yeah, know what exactly. happened. I had seen them before that at the um, wherever that. What's that? Winery Mount Winery. Oh yeah, I went there yeah. too this last year. And uh, you know, a friend had was able to get us to go be able to hang out on the side of stage and back. So it was, I was so excited. Like I love this band and, uh, Ian McCullough was just so drunk. I mean, oh, just so God. drunk, like, and, and like literally had a bar on stage with him. So like every time he wasn't singing, he was back at the bar and just sort of like, you know, barely singing and kind of mumbling through the words. And wow. so I don't know, that, that was just my experience. That's crazy. Yeah. So it wasn't a good experience. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, uh, there were some moments. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer. I was disappointed on the overall experience. Bummer. Uh, well, anyways, here's to 2019 and some great experiences. Yeah. Um, any uh, New Year's resolutions that you want to share with us? Yeah, I, I just in general, like, I'm tired of complaining about what's happening in San Francisco. Yeah. And, like, I, I feel like every conversation ends up there. Yeah. And I just want to stop doing that. Yes. I just want to, like, be more present and, like, what's, you know what's great about it still and being in the moment of it. Mutiny radio still kicking exactly. it. Exactly. I don't know how we're place. doing it. How are we still here? But we are the story of this place too, <laughs> as an actual employee mutiny. Yeah. Over the guy who was running, who was like, yeah. ripped everybody off. I mean, this is a great story. It was. And I literally started here like right as that was, as that was taking place. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going <laughs> to happen. But I'm, you know, I, I rode through it as, as long as I could. And, you know, and we have better management now. Cause, yeah. You know, it's, now, this neighborhood is still great, you know. Like, yeah. I used to live right by the J&B and hang out there. I'm a Tate. Um, <sighs> You know, Good all stuff. the coffee you can drink in the world. And then you got 24th Street, which is still old mission. I mean, yeah. it's not, you know, 24th Street has changed. There's some restaurants and some that, but it's right. so eclectic. It really it's is. It's still so Hispanic, and it's it's awesome. Did you ever go to Papalotes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still there. Yeah. I just. That's like, a, yeah. that, that's almost a franchise now. Yes. Like he's places. got but I do love two it. of them. And then yeah. he's, he's starting to do a food truck now. Obviously, I'm a fan. Yeah. But. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. I just, I think I'm more wary of, or more aware of where I'm putting my money at. And I try to like support those people, you know, cause is that your resolution? What's your resolution? My resolution is be healthy, be happy, um, be open to, you know, trying new things, having new experiences, all that boring shit. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) I also want to stop losing things. Like I lost my glasses two days ago. No. I'm walking around with no. sunglasses on 24 hours a day. I was like, is he okay? 
what's going on? It's, I mean, like, I feel like I have to explain it to every, everywhere I walk in. I'm getting a cup of coffee, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm wearing sunglasses. It's it's 10 at night. I get it, but it's, I lost my glasses. It's, Wait, yeah. are they the, the reflection or the ones that change during the day? What are those called? No, no, these are just straight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. They, I know what you're talking about. Splendor. No, these are just my sunglasses, but they're prescription, so I can wear them. So I'm nice. basically just waiting it out till I can get a new pair. And those those aren't cheap, from what I've heard. Nope. Fingers crossed for you. Should we play another song, uh, an oldie, or did you want to play something for us? Um, why don't we play another song first? Yeah. So I tune up. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to play something? Uh, are you asking me what song to play? Headphones is on the the list. Mouth to speak. Tijuana. <laughs> Um, why don't we play um, Mouth to Speak? Because that's a uh, that was like our original sort of like breakout song. Nice, Mouth to Speak it is. Okay. 
going into the next song. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> that was the best part. <laughs> yeah, so how did those songs come to be? What was the songwriting process like? Well, we're going back to the beginning of the band. Yeah. Um, it, uh, I had met up, so I've been writing, I was in a band called Elephone, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we had this long, like, really gross sort of, like, implosion um, after we had gotten a record deal. And it, um, it just like got sour. Everybody got mad, and it just it, we just had to get out of it. Yeah. But in in that time, I, I kept writing. I, I had written a lot of the songs for Elephone, and I kept writing songs that I just wasn't ready to to share with that band because I was so like kind of bitter about it. So I had all these songs. So then, um, as soon as it broke up, I got together with a drummer named Dave Lentz, and um, he knew another um, kind of multi instrumentalist named Keith Ensign. Mm-hmm. And we, we put together this three-piece band, and we started recording. We started recording with a producer named Sean Beresford. And um, oddly enough, he had access to a studio inside Peter Getty's mansion. Oh, wow. Hack Heights, because um, <laughs> Stephen Jenkins from Third Eye oh, yeah. lived there. Oh, nice. And <laughs> so Sean had access to it because he was managing the studio. And so we'd go in there at, like, midnight, uh-huh. and we'd take over the studio. And that's how we recorded it. Uh-huh. And uh, we did, you know, most of those, those songs are just like quick takes, but they, um, it took a long time to do because we could only get in there when it wasn't being used. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of a, a nice backstory. Is Peter the son of John Paul? Or I the grandson? I guess so. I think he's like the black sheep of the family. I, I was there once when he threw a party uh-huh. and it was nuts. It was <laughs> like, I mean... I'm not, to- I shouldn't say anything, but I, I think, it, <laughs> but the things that were going on there were like, uh-huh. it's like Sodom and Gomorrah. Wow. It definitely was. And he, uh, and he just sat in his room the whole time, like Great Gatsby. Interesting. Because the studio was right across from his room. So I saw him. He never came out, never like, you know, walked around and talked to the guests. I feel like there's a lot of mental illness with people who yeah, have many rich so. families. Not sure what the parallel is there, but sounds like it was I a hoot. A few. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the experience was great, and I, I still um, Sean and I still talk a lot now, and we're uh, talking about working together again. So it's gonna be awesome. That's amazing. So where do you see the band going over the next few years? You know, I mean, the whole idea of world domination is sort of like flown for me. Like I <laughs> I, I used to really feel like this is, this band, you know, should be. Um, doing everything and mm-hmm. we should be mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. And that was our attitude. And, um, but I think over time I just sort of like got to the point where I just don't want to market or sell or process or buy anything. And I've sort of like, we've kind of kept it sort of like as this, um, small community sort of, uh, we're going to do everything ourselves, you know, village mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. atmosphere. And so where it goes is, is just we're just broadening the circle. We're just bringing more people in. And we want to do a tour of Europe. That's, that's our plan for this next album. Like, we do the album, and then we'll do a, a European tour. Um, but it's not in place yet. And, um, you know, as far as I know, we're going to do some festivals and play regional tours. Um, but we just keep going. You know, it's like a, I can't, like, even when I think, like, oh, maybe we should give it a rest. Like, something always keeps us from leaving. We always come back into it. Mm-hmm. So... Just kind of like lifers. Yes. 
I think that happens here at the station too. I'm like, oh, do we have to keep doing this? <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, like I got into this festival and now oh, I got that interview, you know, like little bits and pieces here and there. I'm like, yeah. well, that's why I'm still here. Like if I wasn't getting anything out of it, why would we still be doing what we're doing? Yeah. And it does get, I mean, like, I think a lot of people get discouraged, you know, mm-hmm. it's, especially the whole industry is like lost a way to monetize most of like, um, at least indie rock. And, uh, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Like, so I just threw all that out. Like, I just don't care about any of that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. now I, I only do it for the purity of like writing, recording and playing and, and that's it. I have other ways to like, you know, take care of myself. Woohoo. Amen for eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, I didn't choose eighth grade. <laughs> kind of chose me. Oh, were they like, you're being punished. So you get to do the last year of middle school. Uh, no, <laughs> no, it's, it's a great school. I actually have awesome students. It's a progressive yeah. school, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just a cool job. Cause it gives me a lot of freedom in the summer and like, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. other times to work on music and it's a very creative job, you know, teaching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm actually like writing a piece right now about how we've framed teachers as these people who are martyrs. And that's like the wrong way to do it. Cause you're attracting the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Teachers should be like artists. They should be cool. Yes. It should be seen as a cool job. Um, and it is. It's like it's just framed by society in, in that way. So, you know, I don't code shift between being, you know, dude in a van driving up to Portland <laughs> to being in the classroom discussing, you know, Plato. It's the same same person. Wait, Plato or Play-Doh? Both. Depends on the day. <laughs> you can talk about Plato's forms with, with Play-Doh. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes I miss school, but then other times I'm like, I can't stand this. Yeah, that's the problem. Like our whole school system is like one that everybody's just like, school sucks. Let's get out. You know? Yeah. And it's, like, and it's not always like that in other countries. Like it, it doesn't have to be that way. In Europe, uh, or is it uh, UK? They get like a gap year after they, before they go to college. Something like that. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I would have benefited from that. I mean, I kind of did that for a summer, but I think it would have been great to do right. that for a year. And also like if you didn't go into massive debt to go to college. That too. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll never pay off my college loans. Really? And the reality is like, uh, my wife's German and it's like, if, uh, we'd been in Germany or, you know, if she would have stayed in Germany and grown up there, mm-hmm. she would have gone to college for free. Yeah. It's pretty insane. Yeah. But um, I think now if you live in, if you're a resident of San Francisco, community college is free, right? I heard that. That's awesome. I know they're trying to do it in New York too. Yeah. 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 I got pretty lucky. I got to go to school for, I got to go to community college for free and then I got grants for um, college as well. But that's only because I had one sole parent who was the provider. So that kind of worked out for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I mean, the idea that community college should be free for everybody is yeah. like, it's just an obvious thing. That's what Bernie Sanders was running on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's so great. I mean, I, you know, as much as I get down about San Francisco, sometimes I do always remember that this is such a progressive place. Yes. And California is such a rebellious state right now. Just being from California is badass. Yeah. Loving it. Loving it. Keep keep on keeping on, as they say. Um, are you going to the women's march? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you an invite. I, I have uh, to uh, start reading uh, newspapers again. I like been on a two week break. I've just been like, yeah, I've yeah, been no, it's in other things. 
I have to say during the holidays, I didn't, my, it's funny, my, I was uh, in Los Angeles where my family is and they don't have a TV. So I was just not watching CNN. I mean, I had my phone, but it was like, I felt like I was cut off. And then yeah. when I came back, I was like, Oh God, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to purposely cut myself off because I didn't go anywhere. And so mm-hmm. I just wanted to have like a staycation and yeah. because I live down at the beach now, I can kind of like, you know, really feel like I'm out in the middle of nowhere. Nice read books and working on music and stuff so I, I tried to stay out of it but how how what age did you feel like you wanted to do that like just kind of go away from it all I, I you know it's always been up in the air like even when I moved to San Francisco I was living in um, Silver Lake down in Los Angeles oh, nice. and uh, I was playing in a, a, a punk band called 12 and counting at the time and we mm-hmm. uh we would tour through here all the time and i was like oh, I, I love you know all of northern california but i don't want to live in another city so i was going to go to santa cruz mm-hmm. and then i got there and i was like santa cruz is kind of like this like faux hippie town with yeah uh, i shouldn't say that but whatever it, it was it didn't fit for me and then so then i came up here and i actually lived in the tenderloin for right a couple of years mm-hmm. um and what, were, what was the question? <laughs> My question oh, when was, did I that, that yeah, I, when did yeah. you decide to I just kind of, you know, like I said, I, I lived in the mission. I lived right on the corner from here mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, we just got priced out, you know, and then through the school I worked at, um, somebody heard about this house that was up for rent and it was a little too much for me, but it was like, it was on the beach in Pacifica. I'd never been to Pacifica. I was like, Oh, I'm going to check it out. Mm-hmm. And I went down there, and the house was okay, but I loved the location. There was a trail right from my front yard that goes all the way up to what's called Maury Point. It's just okay. like this cool little spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. Let's go back and talk to the guy. And so we talked to him, and I'm like, oh, well, we can't really afford the rent. He's like, how much can you afford? I'm like, well, this is what I'm paying. He's like, okay, but you got to sign now. I'm like, what? I'm like, well, <laughs> we have a cat. And he said, no pets. He's like, fine, sign now. I'm like, we haven't oh even God. told our like landlord and, and admission, but we did it. We're just like, fuck it. We just signed it. And then we came back and we told our landlord, she's like, hell yeah, I'll have a party and double the rent. So it was like, no big deal. So we just like, so it didn't really, it wasn't a choice so much as it was just a thing that happened, but now I really like it. There's Good. a cool little punk rock bar out there called Winters. I've heard of it. Winters Tavern. Yeah. A lot of That's bands play it. there. You got Winters, you got a, a Grow, Tuckeria. Ooh. Um, Nothing else. I might have to pay a visit <laughs> when it gets warmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it seems like it's going to be a busy, uh, couple months. Like there's just a lot of events happening. Um, you know, uh, noise pop is going to be happening. So that'll be good. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Have you heard, have you heard of a band called monochrome set? From the it 80s? was a band called monochrome. Mm-hmm. Monochrome mm-hmm. set. Yeah. Know. They were kind of like obscure, I want to say alternative 80s, because they were definitely not popular, but I don't know, I've kind of been into them over the years, and then all of a sudden I saw they were like actually touring like the state, so I was like, oh my god, this is amazing, so I'm go, I'm really curious like how it's going to be Where's live. That? Where's that show? It's going to be at the rickshaw stop on March 8th. Oh, awesome. So, definitely. Yeah, I'll check it out. Recommended. And um, did you want to play another song? Yeah. Can we try something off the EP that came out last year? Um, or yes. Is it on here? Right? I don't know if it's on here. Yeah. Oh, wait. El, Terri- El Terrible? No, it's uh, after that. It's called um, uh, Shortest Poem, Haste to Lose. It's like a big kind of like flaming monster on the cover.
Maybe it's hidden from view. Uh, <laughs> this song, We're All Just Children, uh, children. was just kind of came out of a jam in the studio. Like, I'd been listening to a lot of Nick Cave at the time, and um, I went and saw the show at uh, the Berkeley Club, oh, Greek. Yeah. And it was like life changing. Was it? it was like going to, you know, the holiest, holiest, holy place. And I mean, he's this old guy just like jumping in the audience, grabbing people by the throat and singing down their, the, the, into their faces and scaring the fuck out of people. And, it. um, it was awesome. And so, um, I wanted to just do a song kind of in that spirit. That's a little bit kind of, uh, of a trance and it's a, it's sort of a, just a story. I see. I'm just going to think somebody's trying to sh shove the microphone down my throat. How's that? Good. Okay. That's the effect we want.
That was a nice one. I feel like this is stuff I, sh- I should have been listening to. So now I will. Well, like this EP kind of eked out this year and, um, you know, it, it got reviewed here and there, but um, we didn't really have a label um, this time around. And so it, it sort of like came and went, which is um, which is sad. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah. uh, it's still alive. Like we're um, still playing those songs. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Nice. And um, so hopefully you'll be doing some shows in February. Yeah, I mean, more more March probably, but March, it, okay. it, it, end of February, beginning of March. I mean, people are still filling up their calendars, right? Yeah, there's, yeah. There's still the it's, rest uh, of the year. You know, there's a lot of, like, good shows coming up with the Independent and stuff that yes. we, were, we were looking to, to get sports slots for. So, Do you like the coat hangers? Yeah. I really like them. I went to this festival, you probably remember it, Potrero del Sol. Oh, yeah. They don't do that anymore, right? They don't. So I think I went to the last year that they did it, and I was like, whoa, this is like, I wish all festivals were like I know. this. Well, it's like also right here, right? It's yeah. like the skateboard park mm-hmm, right there. Mm-hmm. It was so organic and yes. you know, not commercial in any way. Yes. Um, it was great. God, I miss that. Those guys, um, what's their blog site called? Barry Bridge. Those guys did it. Oh, yeah. okay. I should follow I guess, them. I think they just lost a lot of money. I can imagine it's expensive to get like the permit and all that yeah. stuff, right? <sighs> I'm thinking in Iowa, it's probably a lot easier to do that. Well, the Iowa one's more like noise pop. It's in multiple venues all over the city. Oh, neat. So um, I don't know if they're making money, but I mean, it's it's probably cheaper, yeah. Yeah, and they do. It used to be us doing the block party, but now it's noise pop doing a block yeah, party yeah. during the summer. No, that's cool. I went last year. Oh, that was cool. Uh, who played last year that was good? Uh, I can't remember. I mean, I remember <laughs> seeing um, uh, Dow and the Get Down Stay Down two years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember. It was somebody. <laughs> somebody good. Somebody memorable. <laughs> there was one band I remember that was like 12-year-old kids up there. That was kind of insane. Oh, wow. They tend to like, at that festival, they tend to like get a little, um, they take risks. Like there's some there's some stuff that's not, you know, high profile stuff for noise pop to, you know, like they do some, some stuff that they wouldn't normally do. Risks cool. are fantastic. Yeah. And I think that's what's missing from the bigger festivals now. I look at the lineup and I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> Yeah, and there's so much. Mo- it's all about like how much money they can make. I think it's just so expensive right? to do it. You know, I mean, Treasure Island's just decided to close doors. Oh, was, was this year the last or last no, year? Maybe that's not maybe that's not public. I don't know. Ah. But I, I, it, they, I never went. So as far fine. as I know, it's done. Like I, I talked to um, the promoters recently. Yeah. Because um, they changed locations in Oakland, and it was cool. It was really cool. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, I think they just lost a lot of money. Yeah. It's all down to the money. Well, I'm okay with the small festivals here and there, but the big festival that I really enjoyed was Riot Fest. And I didn't go last year. I went the year before, and it was like, <laughs> I went to, I saw New Order, Ministry, uh, Queens of the Stone Age. So it was more like, you know, kind of like how Warp Tour mixed uh, with like a little bit of 80s in there. Is it a touring there. festival? Um, it used to be. I think now they're just staying in Chicago, but I think before they did like Denver, and then they did, I don't know if they did Texas, but they did a couple other spots, you know, over the years. But then they figured out, oh, we'll just stay in one spot. and Yeah. Like Lollapalooza did eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's what I like about, you know, the idea of going to Europe this summer after our, our record comes out because there's so many festivals there and it's so yeah. easy to do there and they're so calm and just like, you know, everybody plays them. Like you go to these things and you'll see like everybody who's on tour at this festival. It's great. Did you ever go to Glastonbury? I've never, no. Oh, me neither. I don't know how I would do it. I mean, it just seems like never ending stages and music and fun. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're in another country, I can tolerate that. Like, like yeah. if I'm here and I have to like race from one stage to the other, yeah. it's like a mob, like I get mm. claustrophobic right away. There's something about Europeans. They're just like so cool and chill about it that like they people really aren't are. fighting to get up front and stuff. That's yeah. really true. I didn't think about that. Oh, you know, what's, what's a good one in, what's the one in Barcelona that's really popular? That one sometimes has a really good yeah, lineup. Remember. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I'm not going to be able to recall these names, <laughs> but I do know there's a festival in Barcelona. Yeah, we'll look it up later, but um, that one, maybe one of these days, I'll make it there. Um, oh, yeah, I was going to ask you, what, what was it like when you were in Berlin? Um, how would you compare it to... Uh, San Francisco is it definitely you know they're kind of out there well Berlin is amazing I mean it's mm -hmm. actually pretty cheap compared to the rest of Germany and the rest of Europe it's, oh, wow. it's this whole like east meets west thing uh -huh. and uh -huh. they're still getting over it's like there are literally whole buildings that are just nobody knows who owns it so it's, people are just squatting there wow. and they've built bars into it and venues into it mm -hmm. there's live music everywhere in Berlin there's also a huge DJ scene like the biggest probably um, you know, after hour stuff. So it's like all that's happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's just really international. You hear so many languages there. Everybody speaks English. You don't have to worry about anything. Uh -huh. but the, uh, um, it feels sort of like history is everywhere. You just see like, you know, there'll be like a, a you know, a statue of, of Stalin, you know, mm -hmm. and then you'll see a Jewish cemetery. And then there's like, you know, the piece of the Berlin wall that's there still up. And some, sometimes the bars are built right into these places, these bombed out buildings, and there's a bar built in it, so you're like there, and it's like, you, know, you just feel like the actual history. So I loved it. Um, I was there for maybe two, two and a half months, and um, that's where I, you know, I'd written a bunch of these songs. Um, I was actually, I lived above a bar called White Trash Tattoo. <laughs> it's like a venue slash uh, hamburger joint. Um, <laughs> It was cool, yeah. How was the food? <laughs> well, I mean, everybody eats these Donner kebab things that you, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. on the, you know, from those street carts. Yeah. Um, but, like, I ate amazing Thai food, you know, mm. in Berlin. Like, it's just really international. You get great pizza and everything. Nice. Okay, it's going to be on my list for the next five years. <laughs> it's a very easy place to um, to go to because it's, it's cheap and you can get, you know, you can stay places cheap and so much to see. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you were to ha open for, you know, what some of the bands that we talked about earlier, the damned or the clash are no longer around, obviously, but somebody who's still around, who would you choose? Um, I always thought that our music would go really well with the drums from England. Um, oh, I have to check them out. Sort of like, uh, you know, I've, I'm feeling that, um, we would be, we can kind of uh, go back and forth between sort of this straight kind of indie rock, mm -hmm. kind of shoegazy um, film school, you know, kind of, kind of music. Mm -hmm. And then, but then also like this real post-punk um, stuff that, that's starting to come out too. Um, you know, 
if I had, you know, if, if we could go back in time, you know, opening for the Stooges would be yes. amazing for us. You know? I think I saw the last tour that they did, 2011, 2012. Wow. So good. <laughs> he's still, I mean, Iggy's still at it, but it was cool to see, like, the Stooges before he decided to work with yeah, yeah. Queens of the Stone Age and all that. I saw that tour with uh, Josh Homme and all that. That was great. I and mean, it was like, he said it was his farewell tour, but, you know, who knows? Like, he'll, he'll come back next year. I mean, he's just like, every time you see him, you're like, he's still full of life. Yeah, yeah. And, um... Yeah, and he, I guess he's doing, you know, the collaborations, and I think he's like he's actually a, a radio show host in the UK, right? I think I heard that, yeah. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's inspiring. Just cute, you know, there's a, there's a future out he's there. He's, you know, there's something superhuman about him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But just the vibe, this, I, I like this whole, like, dangerous on stage. Like, I used to see the Jesus Lizard, like, back in the day, and, like, they would, like, come out in the audience and, like, punch people and then go back <laughs> on stage. It was like, that was the punk rock that I grew up with was like this sort of, you know, late eighties, early nineties kind of punk rock that, um, you didn't know what was going to happen. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it could be a riot in, in the place. And I feel like every show with the studios must've been like that. I never, oh, yeah. I never got to see him. I wasn't old enough, but you know, I mean, here he's like cutting himself with razor blades on stage, <laughs> and like bleeding on the audience and <laughs> that kind of thing. I think it, it's just it's what's missing from rock and roll in lots of ways. I think it's become a little too refined and a little, and I, I get there's a, there's a, you know, place in time for bands to, um, you know, not uh, go over the top and just play music. But I like the idea that, um, it used to be, there used to be a danger factor on stage. Yeah. That, that danger factor, the artistry, I would call it artistry. Like, it's not just, you know, they stand there the whole time and look at you and don't even, like, introduce themselves or have a conversation yeah. with the audience. It's just like they show up, they do a job, and then they leave. It's like... There's someone laughing maniacally. In, in <laughs> What's right going on? We want to know. Is it Trump? <laughs> <laughs> Something bad happened. No. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's really hilarious. Well, thanks for coming on down. Um, did you want to play one more song to close this out? Yeah. Do you want me to play? Should I play a song? Yeah. Yeah. Play a song. Okay. That sounds good. And um, yeah. So if you're just tuning in or listening so at a later time. We'll see how this works. Let's see how this works. But, um, on the EP we came out last year, mm-hmm. there was a, a, a song called Bottles which is just um, acoustic guitar. And uh, I thought I would try to reproduce it.
I was really getting into it. I was like, I want, You're I want to see out. this. I want to see the live show. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Yes, it was. It was great to finally meet you in person. Yeah. I think it's been more like a an e relationship, an e friendship. Right. We also had to like reschedule a couple times. Yeah, I'm like sorry about that. Things that happened in the world. Yes, I think you had a business trip, yeah. and then my friend had her 40th birthday party. So, my business trip. <laughs> yeah, no, I had, to to, I had to go to North Carolina. Oh, nice. How was it? It's cool down there. Chapel Hill. That's a cool town. I've never been... Small. Never Great been... barbecue. Good barbecue. Yeah. Lots of live music. Nice. And um, where else would you recommend going? In the world? <laughs> In the world, yeah. Um, Vietnam. It's a travel show. I've never <sighs> been, but that's, my, that's, that's where I want to go next. I bet the food is really yeah, good. Yeah, just for that reason alone. I want to go to no, Thailand. I, I think like just 
touring through Vietnam would be like a trip in every way. I mean, touring like as a tourist. Not, yeah, it'd be great as a band too. I don't know, yeah. if, that's, I don't, I don't know if it's a thing. <laughs> Play in the fields. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> have the acoustic set up. I don't Going know. They wouldn't, the river. they wouldn't have a... Like Colonel Kurtz. Like what? Going down the river like Apocalypse Now. Oh yeah, that's right. Am I dating myself right now? That's right. That's I, I watched it a long time ago. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> oh, it's going to be happening soon, so... <laughs> well, thanks again for coming on by, and we'll be catching. Let us know when you're going to be playing, and we'll make sure to post that on the site. Look, at, look for us on the internets. The internets on Facebook is that the right yeah, one? I don't know, whatever. Just put "Figuring <laughs> on Death" and it'll come out. Somewhere. Death banned. If you just put "Figuring on Death," you get a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> People will talk about how to fake their own. Don't do it. But "Figuring on Death" banned. Yes, do it the right way, and stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio.
Claw Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Claw Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Richard Harris, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for the Let's Watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen. By uh, here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a
Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. But you can apply now through November 30th. 50 shows in seven days, over 50 comics from all around the U.S., and you could be one of them. Go to the Mutiny Radio website, www.mutinyradio.fm. Click the Apply button. Pay that 20 bucks. Donate to Mutiny Radio and apply with your five-minute video to the Mutiny Radio 5th Annual Comedy Festival coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. Submissions close November 30th. Get those submissions in now. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be... Like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Venice. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal